what is one welcome to the flag on the play podcast we are back to you with another thursday show with our nfl week 13 preview joined by sebastian and tim how's it going guys? and don't forget the and main man himself david snuck in what's up david Sliding in DMs like a like a handsome individual in your girl's DMs, ladies oh, and gentlemen. That's right. You better not. Alrighty. Well, we got a lot of picks to talk about. There is actually some really tight games this week. We got the Niners heading up to Philly. We got Denver being challenged by Houston. You know, who's gonna end their hot streak? We got the Panthers at the Bucks. Upset alert, maybe. We'll see. So we're going to cover all that here on our Thursday Picks show. So uh, to kick it off, let's let's start with our Muck Funday segment here. This is when we recap the Monday night game that we missed from the last episode. This was Chicago at Minnesota. And I was the big winner here. I had faith that Chicago would get their first divisional win Eber Eber bum. And uh, they did. It was not a pretty game. It was actually a horrible game. It that was, was probably one of the worst games of all time. Just to be yep. honest. Yeah, definitely the top five worst game I've ever seen. Uh, and whew, it was bad. They did not score a touchdown the first time. They've won a game without scoring a touchdown since 1993. It was a slog, but I picked the Bears. Everyone else picked the Vikings, so... Pretty hyped for that one. That's that's really all we got to say about this game. Hey, Cairo Santos, huh? Chicago legend scored all 12 points for the Bears. Yeah, and he missed one too. He could have yeah, had Yeah, he missed the first bomb. one. He missed the first. Well, that was like a 49-yarder too. I thought, I thought the first half of the game was atrocious, but the second half was really competitive and uh, fun to watch. Like, obviously, maybe not so fun if you're a – a Bears fan like our like our hero and leader, fearless leader Danny GG. But I thought that especially the fourth quarter, there was some really exciting football happening there. Um, all the turnovers, some real big plays, clutch plays. Um, I called that Justin Fields is going to lead um, a clutch go ahead score, and wabam! Just like the Nostra David, I am. It came through. He neither coughed up the game, too. He had a really, Two really times. bad fumble. Uh, it was like, what, third and 15, third and 12. He takes off for a run. He's carrying the ball. He's got one defender in front of him. Nobody else around. The defender is able to strip the ball, and it's Vikings ball. They weren't able to do anything with it, or maybe that was a touchdown drive. I can't remember. But Fields almost coughed it up. was able to redeem himself in a nice way. So nice little redemption for Justin, but kind of sucked the rest of the game. All of his fumbles were hilarious. The Pickstronaut. It's no longer you know, the Pastronaut. It's now the Pickstronaut. Or the ass, Astronaut. Just like oh, the Ass. ass. The Astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> the what? Yeah. Ass. Ass. Oh, but, uh, man. Oh. Yeah, I was, I was live texting Tim during this. He was feeling my rage. And we've talked about it a little bit in and out of this season, how Justin Fields is sort of the anti-clutch quarterback. Like, He'll play decent or well in the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter he'll just break down, and that's precisely what happened here. But he did find finally clutch up in the end with that long ball to DJ Moore. But two costly fumbles in the fourth quarter, one with five minutes to go when you're down by a point. Not great, but the defense, Chicago defense, this is the best they've looked in probably like three years. 
uh, it was pretty impressive. So that was the one takeaway for me here. Yeah, Montez Sweat was a really good signing. Um, he had a couple big plays in this game. He's making his presence known. So very, very good signing by GM Ryan Poles to get that guy out of Washington and make an immediate impact for Chicago because they needed him tonight because um, that offense is not doing anything, but neither was the Vikings offense. It was ass all around if you like points, but if you're like me and you like just awful, clumsy, defensive, ugly football, that was a beauty. So it wasn't defensive. It was just bad. You're right. I still loved yeah. it. All righty. Well, Tim, we can conclude this if you want to take it away with. Wait, I got I got news. one thing to say, though. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, Danny, you were trying to figure out some way to call Justin Fields anti-clutch. Well, the opposite of a clutch is a torque converter. So you're saying Justin Fields is a torque converter. Mm, yes. Car is car. Mm-hmm. And Very now we good. bring it to Tim yeah. for the news. All right. Um, we got plenty of news, tidbits around the league. Biggest one, quarterback news. Aaron Rodgers is practicing again for the New York Jets. They have opened up his 21-day window to return to practice. He was seen making throws at practice. The spiral looked great. Obviously, he had that Achilles injury at the beginning of the year. So we would expect that if he were to return, it would not be until late December um, if the Jets are still making a playoff push. Um, But I think it's interesting that even with how poorly the Jets are playing now, that Aaron Rodgers is still pushing to return quickly. I would say this is probably either one, he needs the attention on him at all times, or two, probably more likely reason that he's trying to keep the team morale high so that if they were to make a push, it makes sense for him to come back. Any takeaways on Aaron Rodgers coming back from his uh, brutal Achilles? He should already be protesting to have the turf change at that hellhole. Indeed. David, go ahead. That motherfucker is lying. He didn't tear no motherfucking Achilles. Ain't no way he's, somebody tears their Achilles in the first week and in like what seventy nine days later they're they're practicing. And the thing is, he's been up and moving on that Achilles for like a couple weeks now. So this isn't just like oh wow he's he this is a miraculous turn on like on a strain. No, bro. Like like it was a tear. Like I don't like I there's there has not ever been an athlete return from an Achilles tear as quickly as this. He didn't tear nothing. He was lying. Can I put some pop? How'd they do the the, pop on the the uh, video? The pop. We all saw it go. So (laughs) I just want to say I've had surgery that involved getting my Achilles torn and putting back together, and the recovery time was roughly like eight months, nine months for me. So I mean. I don't. I can't imagine a full tear, but I don't know. He's also an athlete with to with as with the uh, hell no. a lot more different medical things. R.I.P. Your ankle, man. Glad to know that you're out here, you know, walking about. But hell no, bro. And you know, every single athlete was like, "There's no way he's coming back this season." That's not how this injury works. Somebody's lying. Well, we saw Cam Akers do it a couple years ago. He tore his Achilles pretty early in the season. Was able to return for a playoff push. Science has come a far away, and like Sebastian said, they have a lot of athletic trainers and resources that are not available. To money. A playoff Joe. push is much different than week than than practicing in week thirteen, week twelve, wherever we're in. I agree fully. Very impressive that he's able to even be on the field, though. Keep your eye; it may all be fake, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Other injury news: 
Justin Jefferson has is, is been activated off the injured reserve. He will get Minnesota's bye week and then is probably slated to return uh, after this week. The Vikings need him, especially with dropping that game to the Bears. They are in dire straits looking down the barrel if they cannot get right soon. Um, in other Vikings news, Kevin O'Connell is non-committal to Josh Dobbs as the starter, as we called him earlier, the astronaut. Had a really rough showing against the Bears on Monday night to the point that O'Connell is not saying if he will be the starter. We may see Jaron Hall in the next week. He needs to stop playing. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? They traded for Josh Dobbs. He won the first two games and then lost this one. Like, come on, folks. Like, let, let's get so serious. You're, you're not going to turn to Jaron, Do- whatever the fuck his last name is, because you traded for Josh. He had a bad, he had a bad showing. Okay, but Kevin O'Connell, this Josh Dobbs has saved your freaking season and maybe your job. How about you? How about you show some gut? Chip to say some goddamn respect. You, know you I mean? sound like the Grinch. Chip carries Grinch right there. Oh, it doesn't right. I don't want to hear a single thing about Josh Dobbs. No, I don't. <laughs> that was great. That was actually really good. That was really good. <laughs> wow, you've got the Grinch just in time for Christmas, everybody. Just in time for Christmas. I peak. I'm peaking. I love it. All right. In more injury news, Jonathan Taylor, Colts running back, is out multiple weeks with a thumb injury. Very unfortunate as he is returning from his season-ending ACL injury last year. He will now be missing the next few weeks with a thumb injury. Not going to be much good if he can't hold on to the ball. So Jonathan Taylor will be out. Expect Zach Moss to be getting the lion's share of the Colts carries again as the Colts ready themselves for a playoff push of their own. Free agent signing, Jason Pierre-Paul of Giants, Bucks, Ravens, Lore is signing with the Miami Dolphins uh, to replace some of the production that they lost with Jalen Phillips. He was good in the limited showings we ha- saw with the Ravens. Not so great in his last year with the Bucks, but is a productive player. Good guy. Uh, hopefully he's able to help out with uh, the lost production of Jalen Phillips. Seabass, I'll go to you since you are our Dolphins correspondent. Um. This definitely tells you how big of a loss Jalen Phillips is, is that they felt the need to immediately go out and get somebody to replace him. Honestly, I wouldn't mind if they went and gone and looked at the uh, Colts linebacker, Leonard. I I don't know his name. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible person. But I don't really keep up with the Colts. So, you know. Shaq Leonard. Shaq Leonard. So I was close. Anyway. So I wouldn't mind that, them looking at Leonard, but. Jason Pierre-Paul, I actually had no idea he was still even available to be to be picked up as a player. I thought I thought he'd like fully retired. I did too, but he's apparently on the Saints practice squad. Any mention of Jason Pierre-Paul would be amiss without mentioning that he only has three fingers. Uh, <laughs> so he is a fun player to watch. He led the Bucks with interceptions and uh, in interceptions for a short while in 2020 season, which was great. A guy with three fingers. Uh, leading the team to interceptions. He is a fun player was to he watch. He was on the Super Bowl team? Ball. He was. He was on the Super Bowl team. Damn, he's got two rings? He's got two. All right. Panthers owner David Tepper has been saying some shit to the media over the past couple of days after the firing of Frank Reich. My favorite bit of information that is he is claiming is that Frank Reich refused to run run pass options for Bryce Young, which he excelled at, at Alabama, but he ironically ran 
plenty with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia and Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. He is backing his quarterback 100% coming out and saying that the choice to take Bryce Young and trade up for the one overall pick over CJ Stroud was unanimous. This is, in my mind, to make the job seem more appealing to any outside uh, coaches looking to join the Panthers because seeing that perhaps a GM who picked Stroud over Young is not a GM you want to play for. Any takeaways on David Tepper spewing running his mouth over over on the media? Um, this is probably the worst showing of an owner since Jim Irsay got real active with the you know the the booger sugar. Um, in all in all seriousness, he's he's terrible. He's 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 proven to be um like a coach killer. Um, he and he. And for every single coach that has played uh, any, every single like full-time non-interim coach that's played under his tenure as owner, he's fired mid-season. Ron Rivera, he fired in the middle of the season. Matt Rule, he fired in the middle of the season. Um, and now, now Frank Reich, he's fired in the middle of the season. Um, this isn't how you build an NFL team. When you got to get the hire, right? And then when you get the hire, you don't force a pick on them like you force Bryce Young on Frank Reich. And it's, it's, I think we all sort of maybe owe Frank Reich an apology because he, I think he wanted CJ Stroud. And I think he saw that CJ Stroud would have been more adept at handling the current situation. Um, the current situation being that they don't have a professional football player on their offensive line and none of their um, wideouts and Receiving talents and skill players would be a starter on any other NFL team. So I think he's, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe the jury's out on Frank Reich. He is the first coach to be fired in um, consecutive seasons since the merger. Um, but still, um, firing midseason and then firing all your essentially co- coaching staff doesn't really leave your team um, set up for success. And I don't think anyone believes you. When you just get out and do a new press conference saying, "Oh, we're 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 really a professional team, and we believe that this is the best course forward," and I care as an owner, like, well, we believe you care, bro, but we also don't think you know what you're doing. So, there's that, and that's the news for the week. Danny, why don't you bring us into our records, and then we'll move into the preview for Week 13. Yes, sir. So, like we chatted about earlier, the Monday night prediction i got right so i moved up one point gaining on tim who's still in first place with 113 i'm now at 108 david uh sebastian with 105 david with 103 and then the terminator at 98 who also picked the vikings so clean sweep for me but uh yeah i think we're gonna have some spicy picks this week could really shake it up i'm I'm going to be a little bold here so I could have it, you know, go big or go home. I got to try to catch up to Tim. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys say we kick it off with Seahawks at Cowboys? David, I'll let you take this one. Say less. Seahawks at Cowboys. The Seahawks have been reeling. They they um they were off to a real hot start, six and three. Currently, six and five had a little bit of a skid. I think they really got to try to get there. Really, everything back there. The defense hasn't been performing as well, and their offense really hasn't been either, um, which was 
I think really surprising to a lot of folks because I think they were seen as probably a dark horse playoff candidate with all the talent that they have on both sides of the ball. The defense was humming early on. I think if Gino gets right, we can get a, a competitive game. But the Cowboys have been playing like world beaters. They're obviously the third best team in the NFC right behind the 49ers and their division rival Eagles. That being said, I think this, the, the Cowboys defense has been – all world this season and Dak Prescott's probably playing some of the best football of his career. Give me the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yep. Give me the Cowboys as well. I was really hoping for a Geno Smith redemption arc, but I just don't see it happening. I'm going boys. All right. Next up the jurors at the yachts. That's the Patriots. Uh, What did you call the Patriots? The yachts. Jesus. I like that. Yep. Take off the P-A-T-R Patriots. You just got the E outs. I I see what you're doing. This is a bad game. Uh, The Chargers are reeling. They have a really bad head coach and a team that just can't seem to overcome it. The Patriots are also terrible, but Bailey Zappi is taking first team reps in practice this week with Mac Jones running the scout team. I see this as an audition for Bill Belichick to prove himself to Chargers ownership that he is their coach of the future. He wants out of this sinking ship. I think Bob Kraft wants Bill Belichick out as well. A hard reset for the Patriots. What better spot than for Bill Belichick to end his career than a roster that is at least on paper ready to go? I I like the Patriots in this one in an ugly, ugly, horrible, gross upset with Justin Herbert once again failing to get it done in the worst way in this one will cost Brandon Staley his job. And at the end of the year, keep your eye out for Bill Belichick moving over to Chargers. That is wild. I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, it's a little bold, but you never know. Tim has room to gamble here with a five-point lead, but I'm going Jers as well. All right. Lions at Saints. I'll take this one because fuck the Lions. Uh, I think the Lions are going to win. I think they got embarrassed on Thanksgiving by the the pack. Uh, I don't think the Saints are are really any good. Like they're kind of sneaky tough, but I don't think they're good. The Lions will get back in the groove and pull one out here. Close game, one score game, but Lions get it done. Yeah, I like him bouncing back from that loss to the Packers. Give me the loins. Give me Lions. Lions. All right, moving forward. Falcons at Jets. You, Sebastian. Mm, A battle of mediocrity, of mid, of garbage. You've got Desmond Ritter, that dusty-ass MF'er, throwing the ball to good pieces. (laughs) And then you got Tim Boyle. That's just like, that's like looking at gelatin for dinner. Disgusting. I hope both, I hope they tie. And if they both lose, there'd be an earthquake in the stadium, you know, like some Bane and Batman type stuff. But if I had to pick a winner, give me the Falcons. Sebastian now here advocating for mass murder. I'm going to go ahead and take the Falcons. I swore to myself that I would never pick the Jets again. Give me the Falcons. All right. Same. Dirty birds. 
All right, moving forward, we have the Cardinals at Steelers. Um, well, I'll go ahead and take this one. Um, Kyle Murray is back and, you know, playing real well for the Cardinals. They really don't have anyone else besides himself. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's no really buts there. Um, Steelers are playing well now that Matt Canada has finally been fired. They had the most yardage scored. Uh, that's not scored, excuse me. The most yardage gained um, all season. First time scoring, uh, not scoring, sorry, gaining 400 plus yards in a game um, since, um, since Matt Canada had been involved with the organization. So um, it's really great to see that the offense has actually some life, especially because with all the skill players they have. Um, TJ Watts, a monster on the defensive side. We know Mike Tomlin knows how to coach, giving the Steelers in a, bit, in a big way. Pittsburgh, please and thank you. Uh, yeah, give me the Schittsburgs. Upset alert. Sneaky, sneaky game here. I think the cards sneak up on him and catch him sleeping. Give me the birds. Ooh, on the road. That is spicy. Mm-hmm. All right. Colts at Titans. Go ahead, Tim. All right. Titans took care of business against the Panthers. We're not particularly inspiring in that effort, but... They looked okay. Derrick Henry had one of his best games of the year, scoring twice and gaining out 78 yards. The Colts looked very good against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gardner Minshew took decent care of the ball. He had one pick, but was able to move it pretty much at will and safely. Uh, Beyond that, Jonathan Taylor scoring twice. He is out for this game, and because the Tennessee Titans are good at home, I will take Tennessee in the upset here, um, which will knock the Colts out of the playoff race. Give me Tennessee. Give me the Colts. I'm going to have to go with the Colts. I like the Colts, too. I don't think Tennessee is just good. All right. Moving forward. Dolphins at Commanders. Daniel, this is all yours. I'll give it to Seabass for the Fins. Ah, Good. Yes. In our nation's capital, we're going to watch the commies get beaten down like it was a not-so-cold war. The Dolphins looking impressive after a good win against the Jets. A few bad picks by Tua, a huge loss on defense, but that is not enough to stop a freight train from hitting these Washington commanders. Sam Howell looks too wide to play football, wide Baker Mayfield, then basically giving away their entire defense for a bag of chips. Granted, they do play some teams hard, but then the next week they absolutely poo-poo the bed. So I see the Dolphins going up big and keeping a nice lead and the Washington commies trying to do a little something to no avail. Dolphins, book it. Give me the Dolphins. Uh, Two has been shaky, but this commander seems no good. Give me Dolphins. Fiends to the right. Fine. All right. Broncos at Texans. This means this is you, Danny. All righty. So... Broncos are hot. What are they on? Five-game win streak. They got wins over the Chiefs, the Bills, someone else. I'm blanking. But the Texans, man, we know how good C.J. Stroud has been playing. They almost beat the Jags last week in that thriller. I think C.J. Stroud is overdue for a a fatty dub here. And I'm looking at the spread. The Texans are actually favored, which I didn't expect to be the case. But I, I was hoping this was an upset. But I'm picking the Texans to end the Broncos' hot streak in a shootout 31 34 type deal i too am taking the texans book it i think the broncos are really coming into form 
I think that defense is legit, and they've been playing really well um, in, the, in the past five games that they've won. Um, they have they haven't let opponents score more than um, twenty points. I think um, I think that's real. Um, I do believe CJ Stroud is legit, um, but uh, he is a rookie and going against some world beaters, especially some um, some really good um, defensive backs like Pat Patrick Sertan the second um, is is going to be a challenge. And uh, give me the give me the Broncos. I like the Broncos here. Defense travels. Give me Denver. All right. Moving on up. Panthers at Bucks. Um, I'll let you take this one, Tim. This will be the final decree for Todd Bowles' job. If he loses this one, he's done. So he needs this one in a bad way. The Buccaneers, I, I think they need this one so badly. This Panthers team uh, is no good, but they may be getting the Bisaccia bump here after firing Frank Reich, interim coach. Players want to play hard after this one. They're going to be pissed that they lost their leader. And the Bucks have been inconsistent is the best word I can use. When the offense shows up, the defense is away. When the defense is away, the offense or when the defense shows up, the offense is nowhere to be found. The Tampa Bay Bucks will be are lucky that this one is at home. I'm going to shakily pick them, but this one does make me nervous. Um, silver lining, though, is that if they lose, they'll fire everybody and they'll get to restart next year. I'll go Bucks. Tim, Tim, Tim. You know what they say. You know what they say, Tim. I do know what they say. Division games, you got to throw the record books out. That's you got to throw me. the record books out. This is the perfect storm. This is the upset brewing for the Bucks. And with everything, like you said, on the line, the coach's job, the Panthers fired their coach, blah, blah, blah. I think Bryce Young plays his best game against a reeling Bucks team, and the Panthers get the upset just for shits. Yeah, uh, they fired everyone, not just the head coach. That they, they fired everyone in the coaching staff. I don't know how the Panthers put together uh, a real game plan moving forward against the Bucks. The Bucks saw, have lots of talent on that team, despite some abysmal quarterback play and some abysmal coaching. Let me take the Bucks. Bucks. All right, move forward. Browns at Rams. I'll take this one. Um, the Browns have been reeling since. The Deshaun Watson had such an oh unfortunate injury. Oh, we're all so sad that the serial sexual assaulter can't play football. Fuck them and fuck all their records. This is all a cosmic karma coming down on them. God don't like ugly. Fuck the Browns. The Rams coming in ready to butt fucking like they need to. You really just. Uh, oh my god yeah sorry you're gonna ram them right where the sun don't shine um yeah but for, but for real the browns have, a, have an excellent defense we know it's probably one of the best defenses um, in the league top two if, if not two and uh that's not going to mean anything considering that they're not they don't have any semblance of quality quarterback play either from uh dorian thompson robinson or uh or a PJ Walker, this you know, you just got some two bums th- tossing a pigskin to each other, looking like a couple of Tweedledee Tweedledum brown shits. Even the Rams, very good. <laughs> Damn, bro, can, can we say that? Can we say that on the pod? Yes, it's the internet. 
Are we child friendly? I did not know. We're not child friendly. Definitely not. Moving forward. Oh, I should. I should. Rams. Oh, okay. No, I should. Come on, David. Browns. Shit to, to Tim again, but I, it's too late for that. 49ers at Eagles. Uh, Sebastian, this is. Go ahead and take this one. Them salty ass 49ers are going all the way up to Philadelphia to get their asses reamed once more by the Eagles. Freaking screech. Nah, I'm kidding. It's actually going to be a really good game. I saw Debo Samuel being salty. You know what I mean? He's oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's cool. You know, I don't, I don't care for the Eagles all the time because they beat the Dolphins, but those Vic Shady. Deshaun Jackson, Macklin Eagles. Whew. I cape for those motherfuckers. Those were some fun teams. Cool team. Real cool team. Very good teams. But now they've got a defense that cuts heads off, and they got an offense that'll push push you into the next dimension. Their, their defense actually hasn't been playing too well this season. True, I know. But they they make some of the best second half adjustments anybody's ever seen. So I got. I kind of got to give it to the Eagles because they are on a roll, an absolute tear right now. 49ers are looking like a dominant unit, but it's an immovable force meets an unbreakable, unstoppable object. Uh, but I like the Eagles in this one. Give me the uh, Eags. The Eagles are not an unstoppable object. They lost to the Jets. Yeah, but so do the Bills. And it, and the Bills are a bad team. But I look, 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 look. look. Everybody has their flaws, you know. Anyways, I'm taking the 49ers. <laughs> I mean, the 49ers lost to like who'd they lose to? They lost three games in a row to some to I know the Browns were one of them, and the, it's the Browns though. Let's keep actually. moving forward. We're the Eagles, Eagles can't keep getting away with it. I'm going Niners here. Go All right. Place. Moving on to Chiefs Packers. Go ahead, Danny. Oh, I got it. Oh yeah. Fuck the Packers. Packers aren't getting away with another one like last week. Chiefs are going to waltz into that cheesehead-infested slobber fest, swamper, glubber, globber, and they're going to beat them. The Chiefs are going to win, and the Packers are going to die on national TV. This is the eighth. This is the Sunday night game. Yes, kill. (laughs) It should be noted that the NFL – um, used AI this this season, like they used AI in part of um to like make the season records. Um, excuse it's me, the season schedule, and it's and like the schedule this whoa, year. Whoa, been you're way too much, David. What, what? You said they the season records. You're giving away I said too schedule. Much. I said schedule. No, I know, but you I, never mind. Oh yeah, I didn't read the script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, last game: Bengals at Jags. I don't want this. Someone else take it. I'll take okay. it. I like Trevor Lawrence. Um, the Jaguars. Quiet. We all pick. Very good. Oh, Seabass didn't pick. Seabass is not picked yet. They are a very good team, sitting pretty at eight and three. One of their best records in franchise history. I picked the Packers. That ninety-nine team who oh. only lost two games. Uh, the Jaguars are hot uh, with Zay Jones back. The offense is clicking like we saw last year, where Lawrence is throwing for about three touchdowns a game uh, with Calvin Ridley. There, I would expect that to be pretty, pretty good. And this defense has been one of the welcome surprises of the year. Without Joe Burrow, the Bengals are pretty hapless. Zach Taylor is being exposed once again for being the awful head coach that he is. We have not given a flack this year like we have in years past. Zach Taylor, you are terrible. You are carried by Joe Burrow like I've never seen. Uh, I'll take the Jaguars in a big way, and they will impress everybody on national TV. How about that? 
Uh, I'm taking Duval. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Jags. Duval. Yep. Mm. Phenomenal. And those, ladies and gentlemen, is your weekly preview. Brought to you by Gambling. Time to win that money back from that bozo at the poker table with definitely counting cards. It's time for Sebastian's so cold heart of the century of the week. Hello, good night, and good day, good people. Good morning. This is a this is a Thursday morning show. Hey, listen, it could be any time you listen to this podcast, but always know gambling is happening and can happen. You want to bet on women's softball, badminton, both male and female? Doesn't matter. You can do it. But here we gamble on football. And to begin, we've got the Broncos and the Texans, a good matchup, a team clawing their way back from rock bottom. And then you got the Broncos, hapless as can be this season. The Texans, with their great coach, D'Amico Ryans, he's ready to rumble. He's got C.J. Stroud looking like an impressive MVP rookie candidate. So, what's going to happen here? You're going to take the over, and you're going to take the Texans by one touchdown. C.J. Stroud is going to come in, and he's going to give himself an absolute statement clutch win. Book it here. Over, Texans by seven. And we bring it on down, and I believe they're going to be in SoFi. Uh, yes, they are in SoFi. You're going to have the Rams at the or the Browns at the Rams. The Browns reeling a bit, might not have Miles Garrett. Poor quarterback play, and I see the Rams absolutely taking advantage of all this. At its core, this is still a Super Bowl Rams team with Super Bowl players. And they've got a rookie running back that's looking incredible. You're going to take them by it. By, I'm going to go with four and a half points and take the under on this game. Might be a defensive struggle. Tim will love it. And my last pick, the Sunday night football game. I believe this is a rematch for Super Bowl two. The Green Super Bowl Day. one. Super Bowl one. Damn. Thank you, Tim. The Kansas City Chiefs at... Lambeau Field facing off against the Green Bay Packers and all their weird cheese head owners. I like I like the way the Packers are playing. Granted, I like the Lions better than the Packers, but they put on an absolute show. Jalen Reed looking like a very good receiver. That core is actually looking solid with Christian Watson, and I cannot remember their third guy. But A.J. Dillon absolutely taking over. For Aaron Jones in this in his injury absence and Jordan Love, kind of putting a little something something together. Not nothing too special, but not looking as bad as say Daniel Jones or you know uh, Derek Carr. So what you're gonna do is you're going to take the Packers straight up in this one over the Chiefs. I feel like they're gonna still have a case of the dropsies. They're probably going to let uh, Travis Kelsey take most of the offense and just focus on everybody else. So you heard it here first, and you heard it here last. These have been your Stone Cold Locks. Nice. Well done, well done. Excellent. Thank you. All right, fellas, anything else to wrap up the episode? Always remember, kids, if Aaron Rodgers tells you something, just know it's not the truth. 
I agree with that. Are the Cardinals like trying to keep Kyler Murray as their quarterback? I don't know, man. They're weird. I don't know if they're going to keep him, if they're going to move on and see what they can get in a trade for him. It's bizarre. Mm. All right. One more thing, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to know what Tim's going to be like in 50 years, watch First Take on ESPN on Wednesdays. That's when they have their Mad Dog Wednesdays. What's Mad Dog mad about? Um, one day when Tim has the gumption to actually yell at people on, on TV, that's what he's going to be like. An old man yeah, say, Tim can't yell. who flops his hands around and, uh, and gives old man takes. Uh, it's quite charming, though, because he says something with a wry smile, and you go, ah, that's Tim. And that's going to be Tim. I love him. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for listening, and that is the end of the episode here. Very good. Follow us here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. (laughs) That was the worst outro. (laughs) Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Shout out to Evan Sager. He was uh, on his Spotify wrapped number one, play, number one thing. Number one yeah, podcast. that's a yeah, new challenge for this year. Anyone who can beat out Evan Sager as the number we'll one listener agenda. on our on our podcast, you will get a prize in 2024. Stay tuned for what the prize is. It'll be a surprise drawing. We're we're gonna be checking all your Spotify wraps next year. So remember to listen to the Flag on the Play podcast. <laughs> And with that, we will see you all next week. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Like you, Erasure. The Agenda. Yeah.